create a blonde chick with big boobs as an NPC. Literally what I did. And why did you choose those two? Because I thought, I just thought it was funny. How's it going, Blair? Oh, pretty good. How are you, Gary? Oh, not too bad. I was thinking today we just jump into a conversation. That way uh, we appear less stiff. All Does right. Yeah, that works for me. Yeah. How was your weekend? Uh, it was really good. I have a guest at my house right now. Oh, that's that's nice. Who Who's your guest? Uh, someone you might know from back in the day. His name is Jason. Does he want to join us in the podcast? No, I don't think he's going to join us in the podcast. He's just in the guest bedroom right now, just doing some work. Yeah, so he's like maybe tonight. maybe after you can just say hi really quick. All right. Yeah. Good to hear. Yeah, I spent most of my weekend sick. Yeah, I know. Like I can tell because your voice sounds kind of different. Yeah, you know, it's a. It wasn't a respiratory infection. It was a. It doesn't have to be infection. It doesn't yeah. have to be. Yeah. No, I guess not. Maybe yes. afterward we can use AI to change a voice back to normal. I don't know. Uh, this podcast has no budget. We're not doing that. Okay. And on that note, for anyone who listened to the last podcast, we had Yi Yi on, and we were talking about some of the um, unfortunate behaviors that still go on at some of the game industry events. Specifically, in this case, was at the GDC or the Game Developers Conference. I was, uh, I, I guess, in that podcast. I compared rape, or I was claimed to compare rape to being told to smile more in meetings or just in interactions. When I was like, when I was um, trying to call a parallel between some of the behavior that still goes on in a treatment of women in the game industry, you know, are those two things on the same scale? Absolutely not. I was uh, accused of claiming the re- that they'd be on the same scale. I, I don't think those are on the same scale at all. I uh, may have came off that way in the podcast. That was certainly not my intent. I think what I was trying to illustrate is that things in a lot of ways have become better, but there are still a lot of areas that need to be cleaned up. And so what I you're saying, Blair, is that you didn't ex- what you're saying is you need to express yourself well, Blair. I think so. But I was also very nervous on that podcast. So as I mentioned two seconds ago, this podcast is zero budget. We have no producer. And that was the first time we did we had we had a live guest on. Uh, I've never recorded a gumbo before in the in the couch zone. That was interesting. We had no way of testing our audio. Gary was late. So when we we're having technical issues when Gary joined, the audio wasn't set up correctly. And so it wasn't a great experience all around. So I was mostly nervous about the entire time whether or not this podcast was going to turn out at all. So uh, that's probably why I came off fairly fidgety. More than normal, at least. I pretty much was a witness to that podcast because the two of you weren't hearing me uh, because of the audio issues. I actually didn't notice how fidgety you are. Uh, probably uh, myself was just trying to figure out what was going on with the audio. Um, I might have to go back and watch that podcast again just to see if uh, how, how bad it was. I mean, I noticed it when I went back and watched it, but whatever. Did you feel fidgety as you were experiencing well, it? I felt 
I felt I was very uncomfortable during the uh, entire entire episode. It was a first in-person one as well. I, I enjoyed it, but I would rather we have more prep time and have all the technical stuff sorted out. And um, yeah, we've never done in-person before. It would be something like a try again, but properly executed on zero budget. <laughs> Shall we start talking about our topics for the week? Yeah, I think one of them uh, was you wanted to start talking about AI. Yeah, I think uh, we're a little late to the game for talking about this. ChatGPT has been out now for half a year, a little bit more. And you haven't played with it yet? I haven't played with it yet. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I've made it write uh, episodes of Star Trek for me. Not, it won't write a full episode, but I'll give you like a overview of what a Star Trek episode would look like. Did a pretty good job. I haven't played the Chat GPT four yet because I don't want to pay for it. Maybe I'll pay for it someday. So you basically did this for entertainment purposes? Uh, not entirely. I used it for some work stuff as well. I had to draft some emails and some slide decks for me, just some points and stuff. Oh, no, I was talking about specifically about the Star Trek episode. Oh, yeah, that was clearly entertaining. Yeah. Okay. I want to see how it would do. And did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was all right. It definitely gets some stuff wrong, though. Uh, when we, uh, when I rather, when I chat GPT'd uh, Sam Ang and Skate Story, it got information about Sam wrong. Because I was asking about, does it know about certain indie titles? And when I got to Skate Story, it got the it got the creator correct, but it got Sam's background all wrong. I can't remember what it said about it now, but it said he worked for some other company that he never worked for. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, they probably got it mixed up with another Sam. Possibly, and and, and you know what, ChatGPT. ChatGPT doesn't mm-hmm. know anything about Kids of Karen now. That jerk. Yeah, what an asshole, eh? Yep. Now, now, now let's sort of um, let, let's get a little more serious about this. So, what's your take on AI? Where are we going with this? Like as a civilization slash society. Let's say in the next thirty years, how is it going to change your lives? Between now and when we are retired, an old man and probably dying. Well, I can see chat GPT or something similar to it um, replacing a lot of things in a lot of people's workflows. So I'm already seeing this, let's say, at work. A lot of people are kind of using it to uh, either start things or they're using it in you know, slices of their workflow. To write code? Yeah, something similar to that. Yeah. Well, they'll use it to to generate ideas. Um, You know, kind of how classically a developer would use Stack Overflow um, to ask that entity questions. They'll, you know, perhaps use ChatGPT. Well, ChatGPT has probably crawled everything on Stack Overflow anyway. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then it'll be up to a experienced developer to, I guess, kind of discern 
what's good out of the output versus what might not be good. I don't know if ChatGPT is capable of that yet. I think it's going to be up to the consumer to make that determination now. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's how they're using it now, yeah. right? And who knows what we'll be capable of in the 20, 30, 40 year mark. What about, yeah, 2030s, 2030s jobs will start to be eliminated, um, especially in, in certain things like travel agents, um, customer service, anything that a that chat where there's a chat bot today that on a rudimentary level exists will probably start eliminating customer service agencies agents uh in a much more meaningful way uh very soon because especially we'll we'll have they'll have ai voices so if they want to call they'll talk to an ai and uh if if they're good it will be undiscernible from or indiscernible from being a human mm -hmm. and i think that stuff is going to change very soon but in the it space in the stuff that we do i think it's going to be a, a great tool for productivity and um will it eliminate jobs from from from, from coders from, from from people who write software um, I don't think, certainly not in the next 10 years, what it might do is slow hiring because we'll be more productive, but it also will allow more startups and more ideas to take fruition because more can be done at a cheaper price point. That's a good way of looking at it. But yeah, does so that like also I, I... drive engineer salaries down too? Does that... Does that sort of keep going to the lowest common denominator then? And then uh, it's really, it becomes too competitive to even get a job in some respects. Yeah, these are interesting thoughts. I mean, like I definitely see AI as a, a productivity enhancement. Um, will it necessarily replace? Uh, an engineer or a developer. Uh, that's really, uh, really hard to say. 30 years, perhaps. In the next 10 to 20, less likely so, but certain companies may not hire as many as they used to. It just depends on what their goals are and what they need. But they will have highly productive engineers in some respects, lower skilled engineers who are higher productive have, have okay, a higher so productivity. When you say companies will hire less, does that include contracting out stuff less? I think so. Because they won't need to. It'll reduce cost of software development substantially. Yeah, so I, I guess it'll, essentially it'll more what... Efficient. Essentially, what we're saying is instead of hiring a contractor to kind of uh, use them as a tool for, um, I guess, a chunk of work that they need to do, they can completely replace that chunk of work with having AI do that. And on that note about hiring contractors, though, you could also say, well, maybe when they do need to hire engineers, they might just hire contractors 
who have good who have a strong ability to use the AI tools that exist to um to be just as productive or more productive or cheaper than say some engineer in the local market. Yeah. So let's so, say you're a company that has a certain business function. Uh, that company itself may not be well versed in to, in that in that world, right? Um, in those cases, that company may opt to, I guess, hire an external kind of firm or whatever um, to kind of provide that service, right? And what you're saying is that that entity may leverage AI to um, kind of accomplish that work effort. Yeah, maybe. Uh, it would be great for startups. Mm-hmm. And, and even uh, larger larger scale companies looking to reduce costs. So I, I don't, we're certainly the tip of the iceberg here in terms of the impact. My sort of hope is that we will be at the tail ends of our career before, before shit really hits the fan here and we don't need to worry about it. We just get to reap the benefits of where we managed to get through in life with the level of technology that we had. Mm-hmm. Well, essentially, what the, the phase that we're in right now, it's kind of the Wild West of AI. Oh, yeah. In terms of like, uh, I guess our civilization doesn't really know kind of where, where, it's, where it's heading. I mean, maybe like some people do, but just like in, in general, like um, I think it's easy to predict. Um, I'm not a doomsday believer by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, now, I think AI can be used nefariously, but I don't think AI will do that without a human uh, component to it. I think uh, a human bad actor is going to have to. Uh, tell AI to go try and hack the U.S. nuclear codes and start a, uh, a a nuclear devastation of the planet. Well, yeah, that makes sense. But what would it take? Uh, probably not much, to be honest. And we yeah, need to learn how to defend ourselves against that. That's a scary thought. So I got a question, Blair. How do you think, you know, as independent video game developers, how could we use AI to help us in a workflow? I've given this a lot of thought, and I've looked at some of the tools out there. I I don't, what I want to see, because we use Unity, I want to see what you, how Unity is going to integrate AI tools within its platform. And uh, I wanna see things like, um, and some of this probably already exists today. I wanna better integrate importing assets that Sondalo gives us uh, into a sprite in the Unity. So I don't have to go and create the animations or once it's all done. And I believe a lot of that already exists, but I haven't invested heavily in integrating that into our own workflows yet because I don't do it very often and the time it takes for me to do it doesn't take that long. I've been having a hard time spending, rationalizing spending time on integrating that with just doing it myself. 
because uh, I usually end up going back and changing stuff anyway. Because Unity, you can also like click on all the an entire sprite sheet and drag it into an animation, and it will just drop it in. And you can set the timing on the animation, and it just animates. And then I end up usually not liking it, so I end up tweaking stuff, changing the timing on the individual frames and stuff. And and um, I do a lot of you know ad hoc work to it. Okay, so it sounds like you know after that happens, you tinker with it a lot, right? Yeah. I do. What? Uh, how much time does that take? And is Depends. there a way to actually get the Am I animating like AI a regular enemy? Or so if it's an NPC, I spend almost no time on that at all. It's entirely templated. I drop the I drop the frames in, and I'm done. There's nothing else for okay. me to do. That's entirely templated. All the enemies and uh, player characters and bosses are all very custom. Everything is a little bit different. No two enemies are the same. It's hard to standardize that. And that was a choice that I'm probably, well, from a quality of product perspective, good choice because you get a higher quality product and all the enemies seem more alive and more unique. Uh, from an effort, bad bad decision from because I'm putting more effort in, in all that stuff. If AI can help with some of these more complex efforts, um, that would be great. And I think if we take it another level, if AI can actually help generate the animations or, or certainly the assets, the assets and the animations, that would be a cost saver. Now, I'm not in any way saying we tell Sandalo we're having AI generate all of our artwork going forward. No, not at all. What I would think, and I don't think this will happen for Karen Dow. I've been playing around with, a couple tools here. The one that I started playing around with last week was I don't know, something called unscenario.com. Um, it can uh, you can generate machine models from it. So I uploaded, I didn't upload a lot. I didn't give it the entire Karendao asset base. I gave it a few NPCs just to see what it would do. And I put in a couple prompts. Now I have no idea how it determines because because it didn't give me a chance to tag any of the assets I uploaded. So I have no idea how it tagged anything I uploaded when I entered a prompt to generate to generate the, the artwork. So I said, I literally said, and forgive me for this, but I said, create a blonde chick with big boobs as an NPC. Literally what I did. And why did you choose those two? Because I thought I just thought it was funny. That's literally the yeah. only reason I did it. And it didn't do very well. I, I suspect I did not upload enough uh, female assets uh, to the program because I think I only uploaded one female asset. Uh, but it did generate some stuff. And, and when I edit this podcast, I'll post it up on screen here to see what we got, show everyone what we got. It wasn't great, but it also wasn't bad. I think maybe if I paid for the service, we could probably get more specific around resolution and um, uh, maybe I would be able to tag some of the models. So we could so actually. You're telling me that what you got was not a blonde chick with big boobs. Some of the characters are blonde. Okay. There were lines that looked like they could have been boobs, but they all had <laughs> male bodies. 
That's perfect. It was. Uh, I, can't wait to, I, mean, I can't wait till to see this, Blair. I, th- I already sent it to you on chat, but uh, I'll put it on the podcast. Oh, that, I, I don't think you 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 told me the context of that. Oh, because yeah, yeah, because all was, you did was, you, you you sent me some stuff. It's like oh, I got AI to generate this. I'm like oh, okay, it just kind of looks off. The color tones were a little bit weird, but yeah, nowhere in there did I is. think. Nowhere in there did I think blonde chick with big boobs. <laughs> Yeah, that that was definitely lost uh, uh, on the generative model. But if we gave it more data, it might have done better because I only as I, I only uploaded five assets. Yeah, so you just kind of playing with it a little bit, tinkering. Yeah, I also didn't want to upload all of our assets to a third party site because right, right. that's not that's not on like they're, they're going to use that stuff for other people. So. Yeah, essentially, you upload anything. Uh, if you read their agreement, it's probably going to say something along like along the lines of, "Oh yeah, we own this now." So, or are we going to do whatever we want with it? Yeah. So here's a question, Blair. What in Kids of Candel would you consider is the thing that takes the longest? Or what would be designing like environments? Very, yeah. So building out environments and and building out the specific mechanics for an environment. So we just finished. So my background right now is the combat background in the rock quarry. Uh, this is the okay. That's actually I'm looking at it now. It's like that's um, that's not the final background. Uh, some of the uh, we we made some changes to it because the uh, crates in the background look messed up. Um, anyway, this is a big area in the game. It is the last area in Elmo's scenario that you go through before his scenario ends. So it's it's a big area, it's intense, it's difficult, it's challenging. Um, and I, I put this whole minecart mechanic in it. And um, and there's all this whole rescue operation going on where you have to go rescue all these creatures. They're called abadois. They're in the original Kids of Carindale. You have to go rescue them as they're being imprisoned to mine the rock quarry. Um, and just doing all that, took forever like designing it making it making it look nice because you 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 put in like every time you you create an environment and this is true of any game developer or any game designer in, in any sort of thing that they're doing um your initial pass on an area is just gonna you know be bare bones and it takes three four five passes on it before it looks really polished and really pretty and something you want to show to people. So it's like some of the criticisms we've gotten on the game about it being ugly. Well, there's some things that still aren't fully polished in the game. And if an AI can come in and figure out how to polish an environment to make it look good, that would be awesome. Or even help you write the code for certain mechanics. So I can put in a prompt where it's like, Okay, I've got this minecart. I want to implement a waypoint system from these this point, this point, this point, and this point. Just do it for me, and I want it to be triggered when the character comes into contact this collider and presses enter, or presses the action button. And I don't have to do anything beyond that. Now I just enter the prompt, and it's done. That would be awesome. That would be huge productivity gains. Yeah, so like imagine if you were able to, let's say, draw out the whole quarry on a piece of paper 
like a very, very simple sketch of what you want. And then have an AI somehow generate using our existing assets or tile set the area of the quarry. Or if it could then generate the assets on top of that, that would be that's what we're probably going to look at in another 20, 20 years in this technology, I think. Uh, I wonder if that's even possible, like either now or in the next I think five it's years. possible now, but I don't think the tools are there yet. I think yeah. we'll see that in the next few years. Yeah, I, like I've always had the thought that maybe that somebody out there was probably doing something similar to, um, I guess, augment the workflow in that regard. I, I had the thought the other day that that would be something that would help us out a lot. Like not necessarily okay. generating assets, but um, at least being able to um, kind of generate like an initial pass of well, what I, area. I think maybe by the time we are wrapping up Carindow, any sort of new environment, maybe I'll have Unity integrated with some AI tool and I'll give it prompts to code things for me. And I'm going to go tweak a couple things. Um, because I've got the event system already built out in Carindow, so I, I wouldn't want to break any of that. So I'd probably have to mesh the old with the new. Um, but certainly, it'd probably be worth it for the increased productivity. Because on top of that, um, you'd have to think about, okay, because that's, that's very basic. It's like, okay. But then I also want to like go flip a switch to change the path of one of the tracks. And then I also want uh, to save the game and it has to remember where the cart is and the status of the switches. So when I load and come back, everything comes back to being the state that it needs to be in. So there's no like save breaking bugs that can happen in RPGs. Well, would you say that you're um that you're somewhat actively looking into using AI to improve workflow. Well, I think I kind of have to because I also want to get this game done faster. Um, I think we need to. Um, in a dream world, uh, this would probably be a fair net for our next game. Is let's say we're working with Sandalo on a Kids of Carindow sequel. You know, cross your fingers that this game does well enough. And I would like to see him build unique assets for maybe the first quarter or half of the game. And then for the last half of the game, we have AI generate the assets. Sundle comes in, modifies them, makes them better. But also with that, we have like smoother animation, like more frames. And then we can come back and have the AI update all the early content. So it's on par with what Sandalo didn't do. So we could, for the same amount of budget, we could have a higher quality product. And I think that's what we'll see from a lot of games now. I think low budget indie games or low budget games in general, you'll, it'll all be AI generated. They won't really have an artist or maybe just one artist, but for like something that, something that you know wants to spend money on it and cares about the look of their game, I think that's the way it will go. I think AI is here to stay for all generated for all assets generated for a game regardless of whether it's triple a or indie i think that's 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 going to be just the norm 
So let's uh, let's talk about that a little bit. You know, like the whole idea of, hey, let's say you get an artist to draw you like one or two things and you just use AI to kind of do the rest. I don't think it's going to be one or two things unless the models have so much data. Like if you want a very specific style and maybe when you really like, is anything truly unique anymore? Who knows? Um, But I would want... I want to try and establish a style that sets the game apart in some way, as much as it possibly can in this day and age. Right. I was and, actually um, kind of talking or asking more along the lines of what does like compensation look like for something like that? What, I think what would still you, what the would you consider system. fair? What would you consider fair? Let's say like we're like five, 10 years in, in the future. Um, artists are now like providing kind of like an initial framework for a lot of stuff to be generated with the uh, uh, do you feel but they're that, still overseeing the artist... quality of the artwork? You're still paying them by the hour. It um Okay, so you're saying it, that they're they get like a continuance in terms of they they oversee um the quality of the stuff that's the that's AI generated and they're still involved yeah. in oh yeah capacity of sorts. their productivity skyrockets. Uh and if you look at a contract artist like Sandalo, that also leaves them open to work on multiple projects at a time. So in theory, their revenue could also increase too. They can do more with less. And then, I mean, I don't think, will certain projects choose to not use an artist? Yeah, absolutely. And you will be able to tell. Uh, In 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, you know, it's anyone's guess. So really, I I guess like in in that regard, uh, an artist, wouldn't really necessarily be able to land or make a living landing one big client. They would have to continue, continually find different clients in order to fill their. Fill well, that's what they do right now. Generally speaking, yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to, I guess, get get perspective in my head, like what what that would look like. I guess for I think it's a big productivity in, boost for the artist. Like Sandalo is already using AI generated yeah. art to give him sort of some templates for what he does for the game. Like he's already doing it for us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not, not at the kind of scale I was talking about. Um, but eventually I think that's where it's going to go. And maybe that will start happening. Well, before we finish Karen, maybe it's already been happening today. I know a mm-hmm. lot of game companies are already using AI art. Um. We we may even be behind the curve here, but I I also personally I don't want to have AI take away work from an artist. I want AI to augment an artist's ability to do more, to still create their quality of artwork, their high quality artwork, and allows them to do more with less effort. So. Here, uh, like, um, so the tween animations, you know, the in-between frames that, like, would be done in a cartoon in the old days of, like, hand-drawn animation cartoons, uh, the tween animations, those would be often outsourced to, like, Korea or something, like, mm-hmm. in the 80s and stuff. So what I would see, like, for something like pixel art or just not not even pixel yeah. art, but any sort of 2D art or 3D as well, that... um. Uh, AI could just do that at a level that the current tools can't. Okay, so essentially what I'm hearing 
is that we're not we're really not going to make Sandalo do less. We're actually going to be making Sandalo do more. Yes, that so I mean, you, ideally, that's you, that's yeah. where I would see this going. Yeah. So instead of like asking Sandalo, hey, you know, you're doing eight animate eight frames of animation for this monster, you're going to do like. 30 to 60 now. I want to see 60. Use AI yeah. to help you. We've got this generative model. Plug it in, make it animate it for you, clean it up, give it to us. Yeah. You you design the initial monster. Um, it's making your life easier too. Yeah. So basically his, his the work package that we give him will will look different. Yeah. We'll ask for more, we'll expect more. Okay. But it'll also be less effort for him to do more. Yeah. yeah. But who knows in the long run? I I, I think um, I, I think of it just depends. Like because because AI will ultimately transform. I think what it means to be human. Mm -hmm. If we go back to the philosophical stance here. Well, that's why that's why like uh, I enjoy having like a conversation like this, right? Because there's probably be a lot of people that don't really understand this technology, um, and are more or less kind of freaking out about it. Well, there's going to be an impact. Oh yeah, um, I'm not saying that there won't be. Like, there's going, there's going to be people that are probably going to like lose jobs over over AI. But, like, yeah, I, I myself be. don't have perspective on what that looks like for everybody, right? So that's why I find conversation like this fairly fascinating. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting time, and um, I mean every company, every Silicon Valley-based company is looking at AI right now. How can we integrate AI to improve our workflows and reduce costs and make us more efficient and more productive? Will that in the long run lead to reduced headcount? Probably, or maybe not. If, if increased productivity increases revenue, increases demand to do more, they'll need to hire more. So it's in some ways, yeah. it's hard to predict. Um, it is kind of a new industrial revolution, except in the information space this time. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, time will tell. I kind of just hope we're retired before shit really hits the fan, so we don't have to worry about it that much. Yeah, or somehow we as a civilization figure it out. We tend to eventually figure it out after shit really hits the fan, but it's yeah, not but there's yeah, there's then. there are going to be people that will be impacted and oh yeah, are, and it's gonna it is gonna suck, right? But um, I'm hoping that kind of thing is just short term. That the people that you know, let's say, have lost their jobs, can somehow find something else to do. Yeah, I. Well, you know what? So this is where we need to go look back at blue collar jobs. So AI is going to rapidly influence the uh, the IT market, the information jobs. But are robotics on doing things like household plumbing and, and like buildings, like just building like houses and, and and like residential units or commercial units, whatever? Uh, it's really not there yet we can't have robots building everything for us there is some some augmentation by robotics in those in those industries but not a lot 
we still need a lot of humans there. It's going to take a lot longer for the robotic side of things to get where it needs to be before that industry is heavily impacted. So maybe those jobs suddenly become more lucrative. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. We're just a couple of tombs, man. Yep. But maybe the advancements in AI will also help us exponentially increase our advancements in robotics, which it probably will. And then that industry will, well, everything's going so fast now anyway. Yeah, so I'm hoping, you know, like within maybe like a year or so that we can really kind of get going on, on this game and maybe perhaps find ways to make it go faster. Because when we first started this player, in our minds, we were thinking, man, this game's going to take us 20 years to make. I didn't want to think that. We're looking at 10 years total now, maybe a little bit longer. We do need to, um, some of like the, the uh, Rock Quarry, as I mentioned, took two months longer than I expected it to. Um, I've pivoted now. I'm going back and polishing. Like this was all in the backlog anyway. I'm going back and polishing a lot of the game. But wow, the first this is two... be a 20 year game player. No, no, no. I'm just trolling you, man. Just take it easy. The first five years were not all content. So, man, if it is 15 more years from now and we're 50 when this game is done, or 55. Oh, no. All right. I think we should wrap up. All right. Yeah, it's good chatting, Gary. And for everyone who's listening, if you've enjoyed our content and want to continue supporting us, please like, comment, and subscribe to our channel. We we certainly have you love coming back every time we do this. Our episodes are roughly once a month, or at least that's what we're aiming for now. I apologize. We don't have a more consistent schedule, but it's also not our major focus. But uh, if you like it, please come back for more. See you all next time. Bye, all.